Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi and welcome. Wonderful to be in your company this afternoon. And yes, it is Wednesday afternoon. It is amazing how fast these weeks just seem to be flying by. And of course, since we last spoke last Wednesday, we are now one week closer to Rosh Hashanah. And of course, up to the 11th day in the month of Elul. Believe it or not, more than a third of the month of Elul is already done and dusted. And we just have a few very short weeks left before Rosh Hashanah. And so what actually should we practically be doing in order to make sure that we utilize these last number of days of this year and the period of time that we call Elul productively? What do we do in order to enable us to be more committed, to be more involved, and to be more with the program when it comes to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? What actually is it that we should practically do in order to bring about these fundamental changes in our lives? You know, very often I think we could stand accused or we could even accuse ourselves of uh, looking at all of these things and we think about the three realms that our sages have actually laid out for us for this period of time, which is tshuva, tefillah, and tzedakah. And we mention that over and over again, of course, on the Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, tshuva being repentance, tefillah being prayer, tzedakah being charity. We keep on referring to those ideas and sometimes um, it seems that they can remain these very, very beautiful and lovely ideas, but that's it. They remain ideas. They become sort of a a call, a mantra, um, something that, of course, the rabbis speak about. Of course, you're going to hear them in shul. We don't necessarily really integrate and uh, bring down to earth in a practical fashion what we really actually practically need to do. So today I thought we would spend a while on our program thinking about some very, very practical suggestions. What can we actually do in all of these realms in order to actually see to our tefillah, our prayers, in order to actually practically see to our teshuva, our repentance, and in order to actually and practically see to that big word stalker and what it actually practically means for each and every one of us. And so in breaking it down, I thought that we should try and put everything really into bite-sized chunks, um, little pieces of um, suggestions that we could actually think about, try, and uh, see if we can put them into practice in our own lives. And remember, there are just a few suggestions for... Um, There could be a whole long list of different things that we could practically do in order to uh, get our heads around it, in order to practically get involved in these various realms. But what better way to spend um, uh, the next half an hour in the month of Elul in just thinking about what we can do in order to really prepare ourselves and thereby prepare the community, and thereby actually prepare the entire world for the advent of Rosh Hashanah 5780, which is literally just around the corner. So let's perhaps begin by addressing the concept of prayer. Now, one of the most um, interesting takes on prayer from a Jewish point of view is actually that the idea of prayer is not the way that the world 
really would have us believe that prayers should be said and are said. In fact, if you take a look at our daily prayer services, um, the ritual has very, very little by way of what we would usually term a prayer to be, because I think I'm right in saying that the majority of people all over the world would say that a prayer is where you pray to God for something. You're asking God for something. You either want a blessing for something to happen in your life, for something to be healed, for something to be fixed. You want a gift. You want to be able to win the lottery. Whatever the case may be, you are asking God for something. There is a very, very minuscule part of Jewish prayer that is actually about that. In fact, a better word for our system of prayer, really, is connecting with God, but connecting with God on the right level, beginning the conversation, carrying on the conversation, having that conversation, and enabling God to respond in the ways and means that only God can respond. And it's not always with a loud, booming voice that comes out of heaven and, t- and answers our prayers. But most likely, it is in the practicalities of life and the things that actually happen. And we don't even realize and we don't really appreciate when our prayers have actually been answered. But it is a conversation and it's all about connecting. So how do we connect just a little bit better with God? How do we do this prayer stuff in order to make sure that we are in on the count and we are doing what is right and what is correct and what is good for us and for our community and for the world when it comes to the aspect of tefillah, of prayer. One of the suggestions is that perhaps we should, if we're not yet doing this, we should perhaps try and spend a few minutes every day. Perhaps we could say for the month of Elul, if you're not doing this yet, take five minutes. And spend those five minutes just focusing on your connection with God. You do not have to, although it would be wonderful if you could, say some of the liturgical prayers. So spend a few minutes saying, for instance, the first paragraph of the Shema. And really think about, focus on what the words mean. So if you don't know the Hebrew, look at the English. Focus on what it means. That there is an obligation And we're actually making a statement that I understand and I realize that God is not only one, but God is the only one. And God is actually everything. And everything is part of God. And without God, nothing would exist. That is the Shema Yisrael, the beginning line of Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. God is our Lord. The Lord is our God. And God is one. What does it mean that God is one? Contemplate. Think about it. And then, Baruch Shem Kvod Olam Vaed, that his name needs to be blessed and will be blessed forever and ever. In other words, the same God that was the God of our forefathers is our God, and the same God that is our God here will be our God in the world to come and is the God of all the souls who have left this world. And then the obligations to love God, to love God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your soul, and to try and think of God wherever you are to try and teach these words to your children, to make sure that they are not only applicable when you're in the house, but when you're outside the house. And then to think about the mezuzot, the doorposts of your home, at your entrances and at your gates, and think of the fact that there is a necessity to have some godliness, and to think about the mitzvah of tefillin, of placing God in every which way, on your central nervous system, on your heart, and on your emotions. 
one small suggestion for how we can, if we aren't yet, connect just a little bit better with God during this period of time. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So we're talking about the basics of Elul and what you can do first up about your better connection, making a better connection with the Almighty, having a better uh, interaction with God through our prayers. And we discussed perhaps picking a prayer like the Shema, which you're going to spend a few minutes every day saying. Or perhaps you would like to join the incredibly great program that is being run through Chabad called a psalm for that. There is a psalm for that. There's a psalm for just about everything. And of course, there is a psalm for you. And perhaps pick a psalm. And if you can, probably the best one to pick is the one that pertains to you the best, which is simply calculated by taking your age and thinking about the year that you're in. In other words, if you're 21, you are in the 22nd year of your life. And so therefore say Psalm 22. Simple as that. If you're 30, you're going to say Psalm 31 and so on. Now you just take that Psalm, look at it, read it, try and understand it. Say the words. Those are words that the scribes, the authors of the Psalms, particularly King David, who wrote most of the Psalms, told us have a particular power a particular strength whereby they are really the music that Hashem, that God Almighty loves. And there are psalms for when you're up and there are psalms for when you're down. And there are psalms that create a happy mood and there are psalms that are a bit more mellow. And there are psalms for healing and there are psalms for business success. And there are all sorts of psalms. There are psalms that are said at Simchas and there are psalms that are said on Shabbat and so on. All sorts of wonderful Tehillim psalms. What a wonderful way to connect Connect with the Tehillim, say the psalm of your choice, and perhaps more practically, the psalm of your age, and do that each day for the rest of the month of Elul, and perhaps it will become a habit that you'll do from then on in. And what a wonderful way to connect on a higher level with yourself, yourself connecting with the Almighty for this month of Elul. Or perhaps if you are already a prayer, if you're already someone who perhaps even goes to shul every day and perhaps even puts on your tefillin every day if you're a guy or a woman who spends time davening. Perhaps we could just take upon ourselves, particularly during this month of Elul, the fact that we're going to try and be a little less distracted. Now, this is particularly difficult, I know, when you're praying at home, but observing people in shul um, over the last number of years, we've become more and more habitually connected to that little thing called the cell phone or um, our iPhone or our uh, Samsung, and we are busy with it um, ad infinitum, and we cannot help but referring to it and looking at it at all times. And yes, I do understand that there are all sorts of apps on the phone which do have prayers on them and so on, but I think that a Jew in shul should be diving particularly from a prayer book rather than from a phone. And it will also uh, not enable people to think that perhaps you're looking at the latest stock market um, scores or the sports scores or the latest news and so on. And, um, yes, uh, very, very uh, profoundly, of course, um, even while you're in the midst of davening, somebody can let out a shriek and let you know that um, somebody just scored or somebody just won, somebody just passed on or something happened in the world 
That's not really what our prayers are supposed to be like. We should be completely focused. Put away the cell phones. Don't touch them. Make a pledge that during the time of your prayer um, tomorrow morning and from then on in or from this afternoon, you're actually not going to refer to your cell phone. You're not going to look at it for the duration of the period of time that you have allocated for prayer. Better way to connect and to keep that connection pure and um, unadulterated and uncomplicated. And completely focused on where we actually should be. We move then into the realm of teshuva. Now, a very big word about repentance, and we think about repentance as being the fact that we need to apologize. And yes, that is part of repentance, but it's not everything about repentance. Repentance really is an underestimation of what the word teshuva actually means. The word teshuva actually means return, getting back to really where we should be. Now, this Partially takes apology, yes. It also takes forgiveness, yes. And it also means forgiving yourself, yes. And it also means making a resolution, a resolve, not to let the bad stuff happen again, not to get caught up by that big pull of something called the Yetzer Hara that seems to pull us in all sorts of incorrect directions at any given point. But really, the idea of Teshuva is putting ourselves back where we actually should be. Now, it's probably the hardest thing in the world to actually spend time focusing on oneself and looking at oneself in the mirror and say, here I could improve, here I need to do something. We all tend to be a little bit self-absorbed and we all tend to only be able to see faults in others and not always in ourselves. But this isn't all negative. It's not meant to all be negative. Part of what um, is uh, the program of Teshuvah is thinking about not only the stuff that you did wrong, but think about perhaps the things that you could have done, that you should have done, and maybe make a few resolutions, even if it's just one, of something that you know that you could have done, that you wanted to do, of a good nature, a mitzvah, and so on, and that you are actually going to get to start doing it. It's all very well to have the resolution, but how about actually doing it, whether it's an act of charity, whether it's working for your community, whether it's doing something for um, the elderly or whether it's doing something for the young or whether it's doing something for your children, an act of um, encouragement, whether it's educational or whether it's loving, whether it's caring, whether it's an act of uh, doing that sort of stuff, do that not only for them, but do that for yourself. You yourself need to be put in and you need to put yourself in a position whereby you are carrying out a an extra mitzvah. And perhaps if you are already doing a mitzvah, to think of doing the mitzvah in a better way. If you weren't that strict about the candle lighting times, for instance, and you've been lighting just a little bit late, no, go back to the prescribed candle lighting times for a Friday night and light your candles in time. Bring in Shabbos that little bit earlier um, in order to create a better atmosphere, not only in your home, in your life, and but in the world. Think about um, any other mitzvah that you may um, have at your fingertips. You know, it's prescribed by Jewish law that during this period of time we should check our mezuzot and we should check out tefillin. But it doesn't stop there. It says we should actually be um, cognizant of all of our mitzvahs and check into them and make sure that we are doing them all correctly. Make sure that our charity is being done correctly. Make sure that we are keeping Shabbat correctly. Make sure that we are keeping kosher correctly. And if 
all of that is too big for us to take on. Well, how about just taking on something, something in the dimension of kashrut, something in the dimension of Shabbat. One more act in the right direction is really what tshuva is all about. It's about putting our hearts, our minds, and our actions into this whole dimension of getting ourselves back to where spiritually we should be from a Jewish point of view. What about attending a shiur? What about going to hear a uh, shiur? And there are so many classes. There are so many Torah classes. There are so many things going on in our community, some of which you may be aware and some of which you may not. For instance, tonight there is a uh, lecture that is taking place called Why the Jews? Is there a reason for anti-Semitism and what to do about it? It's going to be delivered by Rabbi Yossi Goldman of the Rav of the Sydney Shul, and it's going to be at 7.30 p.m. tonight at Chabad of Santon. So go along and hear a lecture. Go along and participate. Get to think about things Jewish. I'm sure that is not only going to be focused on actual anti-Semitism from a political point of view, but this is going to be something that has got to do with this month of Elul in the build-up to Rosh Hashanah, focus on something like that. Or come along on Sunday. We have on this coming Sunday the most incredible program, a lineup of, ne- of local and international speakers who are going to be speaking at the Capitol on the Park. That is um, the Capitol Hotel on the Park on Catherine Street in Santon from uh, 9.15 till 11.15 on Sunday morning. A uh, series of short talks of... Um, Contemporary issues, how to handle modern things and how to um, be a better parent to your children and how to pray a little bit better. All short, bite-sized talks from many, many great local and international speakers. And it's a great opportunity to do something productive um, in the realm of tshuva, of learning just a little bit more and making sure that you are more in tune with where you should be and where we need to reach during this month of Elul. What about um, thinking about our relationship with God, not only from a point of view of prayer, but our relationship with God from a point of view of what we should be doing from a family point of view? How about thinking about focusing a little bit more attention on your loved ones in your family and how important it is that you spend spiritual time with them. And I emphasize spiritual time with them. We're spending a tremendous amount of regular material time with them. And we think that the, or very often we think that the greatest way to fix a um, problem, perhaps in a relationship or with a child, is by giving them a gift by giving them something, by giving them monetary gifts, by giving them a new cell phone, by giving them a new soccer outfit or whatever the case may be. And perhaps that is what the old um, psychologists or teachers used to call spoiling your children. Um, don't spoil them with that sort of stuff. Spoil them spiritually. I think that our children and I think that our families would want nothing more than just to feel our love, just to feel our closeness, just to feel that arm around their shoulders encouraging them um, around every corner and becoming a little bit closer to them and ensuring that you're setting a spiritual example for your family, for your children to follow. You cannot be asking your children to, for instance, go to shul, no matter how good the children's services may be, no matter how great the prizes may be, no matter how great the atmosphere may be, 
You cannot ask them to do that if you're not doing it yourself. And that is what kids crave much more than just being there and much more than uh, the fun and the activity. What they really crave is the parental guidance and the parental involvement and the parental direction. Be there with them. And so perhaps as an act of tshuva, spend a little more time with your children and especially in the spiritual things. Take them with you to shul. Let them sit with you in shul. Let them be involved with you in that kind of an environment. Take them when you go them when you go with them. Take them to school, but don't spend the time on your on your on your phone, even if you do have a hands free, and don't um, um, ignore them when they're asking you questions and questions about life and so on. It's not all the responsibility just of the school and the shul, but really we as parents need to be more actively involved. And how's that for a move in the right direction of tshuva for the month of Elul? Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So the third realm that we should be focusing on during this period of time, of course, is tzedakah. Now, tzedakah has been really uh, diminished in a way to only meaning charity, putting tzedakah into a pushka, giving charity. But if we think about the word tzedakah, tzedakah is much more than that. It is Really, righteousness, doing things of righteousness, doing things of goodness, doing things of kindness, doing acts of um, kindness and goodness to your fellow men on every level is an act of tzedakah. So how about we begin um, by thinking about particular faribles that we might have had and uh, putting an end to them. Um, life is too short for faribles. And no matter how serious you may think it is, now's the time to really not only bury the hatchet, but um, get to terms with the fact that um, you're, you and I are probably not important enough, I guess, to have faribles or to feel that anybody could have or did wrong us. Forgive those who you think have. Let them forgive you, ask for forgiveness from your fellow men, and let's move on together as a people should and as a family should, ensuring that we have a real sense of unity, of togetherness, and a bond that Hashem will be so proud of when he sees us coming together as we do on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur like one whole and complete and happy family without the faribles, without the nonsense and without the things that have come between us and have separated us and make us a little bit uglier um, in a, a very, very real sense. So let's try and make those amends. But let's also focus on doing positive things, on being kind. Do an act of kindness to somebody else or to other people or to your community or to people who don't expect it. Um, help Elderly people help young people do things of a, a really, really personal nature um, to help other people in whichever possible way you can. It is not only in things that have to cost you money or things that have to cost you in substance, but maybe give of your time, give of your effort and give of your energy. And in that way, those acts of goodness and kindness are certainly acts of tzedakah in bringing us closer to our fellow men and bringing us closer to God, the Father of all of us together and making sure that we are ready in the truest sense for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. So there are... 
approximately 18 days left in this month of Elul, um, during which time we need to really put our hearts, our minds and our souls to making a little bit more of an effort in terms of our connection with the Almighty, and that is tefillah in terms of our connection with each other, and that is tzedakah, and in terms of our connection really with ourselves, and that is teshuvah. So let's try, if we can, to focus on those realms in the simplest of ways or in the most complicated. It's entirely up to you. But um, a few simple suggestions. Improve a little bit on your connection with the Almighty by improving on your prayer, either by saying an extra one or focusing on Tehillim, as we said before, or ensuring that the time that you do spend at prayer is not completely distracted by all the other things that are going on, particularly that machine that you usually have face down or face up on this on the table in front of you when you are praying, let's ensure that we are much more focused. We're much involved in our prayers. Let's ensure that we're much more focused on each other when it comes to tzedakah, doing things of kindness for our fellow men. And that can be, by the way, a nice greeting, and it can be a good smile, and it can be a phone call just to find out how somebody is doing who you haven't seen around for a while. It doesn't necessarily have to be monetary. It doesn't have to cost you. It can be something that is just an act of goodness, an act of kindness, and you have no idea how much that can actually mean to people, and it can really change their lives. It can sometimes be absolutely life-saving um, for the others as well as for yourself. And then, of course, to focus on yourself a little bit when it comes to teshuva, making sure that your head is in the right space. Learn a little bit more. Attend one of the many, many opportunities, shiurim classes, uh, lectures, and, and sessions that you have at your own community or, as we mentioned tonight at Chabad Santon, or on Sunday at the Capitol on the Park um, where there will be an array of beautiful and wonderful things to inspire you, uplift you, and uh, hopefully change your life for the better for the coming year. Let's ensure that we do those things. Teshuvah, Tefillah, and Zedakah. It will certainly take away and avert any, God forbid, negative things that may be in store for the coming year, and will make sure that each and every one of us has a Shana Tova Umetuka, a happy, healthy, and sweet year. I want to wish you a great Shabbat up ahead, a great rest of the week, and I look forward to being back with you same time, same place next week on Judaism 101.9.